Hello everyone and welcome to the Redefining Refugee podcast. A podcast by Gators for Refugee Medical Relief, a nonprofit organization at the University of Florida that works to aid refugees by increasing their access to quality education, providing them with financial support, and assisting in their medical needs. There are about 89.3 million forcibly displaced people and over 27.1 million refugees worldwide. This is why learning, advocating, and taking action to give refugees a voice is so important. And that is the ultimate goal of this podcast. I'm your host, Rima Ismail, and I want to thank you for listening today and welcome you to Season 3, Episode 2. Today, I had the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Victoria Cashin. Dr. Cashin is a maternal fetal medicine nurse practitioner at UF Shands, who also volunteers her time with organizations that host medical aid trips around the world. She has been on a variety of international medical aid trips to countries like Jordan and Ukraine, where she offered free medical care to refugees who have been impacted by war and forcibly displaced. Our conversation today focused on her recent three-week aid trip to war-torn areas of Ukraine, where she offered medical support to Ukrainian refugees. Dr. Kashin was born in Russia and immigrated to the United States when she was just a young girl, and she still speaks the Russian language and thus was able to communicate and hear the stories of the Ukrainian people. I want to thank you again so much for listening to today's episode, and I hope Dr. Kashin's story inspires you as much as it has inspired me. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Kashin. I am very excited to have you on the podcast and to hear more about the amazing work that you do with refugees. I'm just going to start by asking you your first question, which is, please share your story with us and what inspired you to go into international refugee aid? Yeah. Hey, Rima, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here and to talk to you about refugees. Um, Well, I think I'll just start with a little bit of background of myself, and that's kind of how it got me into um, the whole working with refugees. Um, We actually immigrated to the United States in 1994. So I was a little girl at the time. So we came, um, we came for religious freedom. So my parents and my grandparents were persecuted for their faith. My grandfather served time in, in jail, um, for some time. So that's how we got to come. Actually, the United States paid for us to come to the U.S. and then we paid them back for like 10 years. <laughs> so me and my dad, my mom and my four younger brothers came to Walla Walla, Washington. Um, so I've always, you know, being a refugee kid, not knowing the language when I got here at all, I know what it's like to go to school and not know what the teachers are saying and feel very much out of the loop. Um, so, yeah, I think that's kind of what led me into that. And I've done a lot of overseas missions, some with refugees, some with local uh, people, some medical missions. Um so that that's always in my heart to to take care of the people that are marginalized and the ones that are maybe forgotten or not seen. Um, just because I feel so blessed to to be here in this country and um, just the ways that you know I get to I got to go to school I got to get a a great degree and make good money so I feel like it's a way to to kind of give back. 
Yeah, totally. As a child of immigrants who came here, didn't know the language as well, I totally like can relate to um, just the struggles and like um, also just like appreciating that we got the opportunity to be like free here and really just mm. practice, you know, what we want to do. And also, again, my mom always talks about like um, access to education and how we are really lucky to have that. Um, so that's amazing. Thank you for that. Mm. So um, just getting into specifically your um, trip to Ukraine, um, my question is, what was the most eye-opening experience you had while assisting refugees in Ukraine? Um, I think the most eye-opening experience would be just the fact that they, the people there just wanted to to be heard. I think that I, I thought, oh, I'm going to come in and I'm going to, so I'm a nurse practitioner. So I work with high-risk pregnancies. And so I thought, okay, I'll be taking care of pregnant women or their babies. And that's what they're going to need. But honestly, I'd come in their room and do a quick exam. And they would just ask me because the, the rooms that we were in, is, is, it's an old hospital, basically, that was a Soviet hospital that was abandoned. And so these people were just paired with different families. So you would have like, two different families living in the same room, basically on different beds. And they would just say like, oh, come sit on my bed and just, you know, tell me and listen. And they would tell me about just, you know, their gardens and their pets that they left behind and their husband or their, you know, son that was fighting. And so I, I think that I was struck by just the humanity of it and how they just wanted to be seen. They also felt so honored that somebody would come from the United States from a safe place um, to help them. And I think that was, they were like, what you left, you know, a peaceful place to come to a war, a country at war and to help us. So that was very beautiful to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, just a follow up for, from that. Um, did you learn any lessons from this aid trip? That stood yeah. Out? Yeah. Lots of lessons. Um, I think also just to, the biggest one probably is just being flexible. And you kind of know that when you go overseas, you need to be flexible and you just see what the need is. And it was hard with some of the people that I went with sometimes just wanted to go shopping. I'm like, this country is at war. We're not going to go shopping. So in, in ways like that, where you just realize you have to be flexible, you have to see what's, what the need is and you just get in there. And sometimes you, um, kind of have to wing it, you know, you don't know what the need is. You don't know what the, what, what you're going to need when you get there and you change your itinerary, you sleep on the floor, you know, you do, you take cold showers, whatever you got to do is the, I think the flexibility is the biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, the next question is, did you have any saddening or fearful moments during your aid trip? Um, yeah, there was a lot of sad moments, you know, um, it, the sad thing, the saddest thing was when the door would slam or some loud noise would happen and the kids would just like jump and they would like hide under the um, furniture or something like that. And it was just that PTSD of of hearing the um, the raids and the bombs. And um, so, yeah, that, that was the saddest part for me just, just to see the children that were affected and then just thinking about the generations uh, that it will be affected with uh, coming from a war-torn country. I mean, this isn't just like, oh, a couple of years of war and that's it. It's generations that will be fatherless or 
um, motherless or whatever, orphans, or with family members that are struggling with, you know, mental health issues after coming from war. So I think it was just very sobering in that way. Yeah. Yeah, I know um, GRMR really tries to highlight, you know, the PTSD as well as just the the really tough mental moments, as well as, like you said, like the genera- the generational kind of trauma from these like events. And um, we really just want to make that like, like seen and heard. And, and I think it's really important, like you said, just like being there for those people, like is really, really like kind of a privilege, but also just an amazing opportunity um to just be there in really hard times for them yeah yeah I like that yep so um the next question is do you hope to continue taking refugee medical aid trips in the future or any really just like immigrants or helping others in any way yeah for sure no medical missions has always been in my heart and I want to help in any way that I can I actually just signed up with Samaritan's Purse to be on their DART team. Don't ask me what that stands for. I keep forgetting to look it up. Basically, they send you off whenever there's like a crisis. So like right now they're in Turkey, um, or at least they were. I don't know if they're still there after the after the earthquake. They were in Malawi for um, an outbreak of some, I think, I don't know if it was cholera or something. They had an outbreak there. So they were helping. So that's kind of what my next step would be. Um but, you know, I've been to Jordan and it's interesting. We went to, I was in Jordan, uh, a friend of mine does, she's a nurse practitioner there as well. And I thought we would be helping the locals. We were helping the refugees there in Jordan. Yeah. And it's because uh, Jordan's a hub for uh, lots of refugees. You you seem to know about that. Yeah, my family's from Jordan. <laughs> my family, yeah, everyone in my family lives in Amman. Oh yeah. my goodness, that's, that's awesome. so, so cool. And like, that's a big dream of mine also to go um, and help the refugees there. I mean, um, my family, I guess, again, we're privileged. Um, they're safe there. But like you said, Jordan has been taking in so many, mm-hmm. so many refugees, so many people from neighboring countries um, that we definitely know it. Like it, it's a, it's a hub for that. So. It is a hub and it's hard for the country because they are trying to take care of their own. And then now, yeah there's not enough funds for them to be able. So lots of my friend works with pregnant women and they don't, they can't, if they don't have money cash to go to the hospital and deliver their baby, they, they just labor in the hall or in the streets, whatever. Yep. So they would, they basically do the prenatal appointments and then they will um, find ways to get them like a voucher or something so that they can help you know pay for that, at least for the birth and the hospital. But yeah, um, it's a, it's a huge problem yeah yeah it definitely definitely is and again like I said like um my mom lived there like her whole life so Mm. coming to America she really just like she was like I know a lot of people say like the American healthcare system isn't like perfect it definitely isn't um but my mom is really grateful because um she saw how it was over there and um she just like compares it to here and she's like it's a lot better it's here. much better yeah and i can attest <laughs> to that too my mom um she had cancer she passed away but if she if we were in russia although the healthcare is supposedly free there i don't know if she would have survived as long as she did but, you know here and here they they don't look at you know what's that um tower rule you know if if someone shows up in your er and they yeah, need help the healthcare, yeah 
you have to help them, which is not the same everywhere else. So mm-hmm. we, I don't think we, a lot of people realize how blessed we are to have the things that are here, even though they're not perfect, like you said. Yeah. 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 So sorry. You, do you mind me asking how old you were when you came to the, to the U.S.? I was actually born here. Okay. My, yeah. My mom yeah. was 20 years old when she came. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, but cool. we go, we, like, I kind of grew up there as well. Um, she would always mm-hmm. my mom would always send me there when she was in college um she was just like go over there so I stayed for a long time with your family there yeah with my grandma awesome um first of all I'm so sorry for your loss thank you um so I guess just to wrap up as you know um GRMR is a lot of you know young adults college age students so I was just wondering what you think um, young adults can do to assist refugees or just to stay informed on refugee-related topics? Um, I love that question. I think that it's a great question because, honestly, everyone can do something, and there are refugees everywhere, in your school, at your job, in your neighborhood. And I think that um, just being aware. So a lot of people, you guys will graduate and you'll go somewhere else. You know what it's like to be a refugee Um, But a lot of people don't. But so from my experience, refugees want to have American friends. They want people that speak the language, that do the American things, go out to eat. I don't know, whatever it is that that they have, celebrate Thanksgiving or whatever meals with the family. They want to be a part of those things. And they they even will like attend certain events, whatever games or church events, things like that, but they just want to be a part of the American culture. So I think it's really important to include them. And you don't have to be in at UF to do that. You can do that in your whole life and just being open to that. Um, and also being open to people that look different. And we kind of talk about this a lot. It's almost like over overstated, but a lot of times those people just, they just want to feel normal and they want to be acknowledged. And so being kind of brave and, you know, making friends with people that don't look like us. Um, is I think it's a great way to um, to include them and make them feel appreciated. But I love what you know your organization does and with tutoring and advocating. I know you guys were in Tallahassee recently. Um, it's amazing, and I'm I'm so proud of you guys for for what you do and um, spending your own time, free time, doing podcasts and ra- raising awareness and helping these kids. Um, I actually had a kind of like a big brother or big sister kind of thing whenever I was in elementary school from the local university that kind of took us in. And I remember like being in awe of this girl. I don't actually remember her name anymore, but I just thought she was the most amazing person because, you know, I was in elementary school. She was in college. And so I looked up to her so much. She like took me to a movie once and I had never been to a movie before. So, you know, it was just like this really cool experience. Um, so I just encourage, you know, people to, to give of themselves basically. Yeah, that's super fun. I mean, we definitely have to look into something like that. Um, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Um, I have one follow up question just about yeah. like your career. Um, how does one get into medical aid trips? Like how do you, what resources do you use or like, you know, safety might be an issue. So you might like, how, how could someone, you know, go down that route if they want to in the future? Yeah. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of medical uh, mission opportunities out there. 
There's lots of trips. I went through a, an organization called CRI, Crisis Response International, and they actually just um, serve people anywhere there's a disaster. They started here in the States. And I think one of their first places they went was 9-11. Um, and then they went to Hurricane Katrina. And so they, they basically add, they do a lot of first aid kind of stuff. So they bring food, they, they help clean up after a disaster, and they also bring medical teams with them. Um, so I know that there's a lot of ways that to get involved. It's harder when you're a student still. Um, but there, there are, I actually can't tell you too many other organizations. I know Samaritan's Purse has uh, trips as well. Those are kind of the only two, but I, I just have happened to have friends all over the world that kind of do really cool things. Um, and so like my friend in Jordan, I went to school with her. And so I was like, can I come, you know, help with, with what you're doing, come alongside you. And I have a friend that does, um, work with human trafficking victims in Germany. So I'll be going over there to, to help there. And actually the crazy thing is, is she's had a bunch of Ukrainian refugees in Germany, um, in coming from, you know, during the war. And so she's like, you need to come, you can talk to them. And so it's, there's lots of opportunities if you just look. Um, but it doesn't have to be overseas. You know, I think it's, it's important if you don't, if we don't serve people around us here, it'll be difficult when we go somewhere else, because you're still stepping out of your comfort zone. So if you can't talk to your neighbor here, you probably won't be able to talk to some random person in a different country. And you know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. working that out and becoming brave and uh, where you are. No, oh, I love that. I think that also ties into just like, like um, having a group that's very diverse, just learning more. Maybe that also just like learning more about other cultures. Yeah. It's always been something I really like. So um, just like, yeah, learning more and like being comfortable with like new things. I think that's really important as well. So yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah, thank you for that answer. I know um, you and Dr. Jones um, are like really great mentors and really great, just like um, people that are uh, kind of teaching us uh, the path that maybe a lot of us want to take when, you know, we do have those like higher level degrees and things like that. So, mm -hmm. all right. Thank you. That was all the questions I had for you today. I just want to thank you so much again for joining us. And yeah. Awesome. Anything Thank else? you for having me. Of course. Yeah, no, I, I, again, I'm excited about what you guys do and all the work you guys put in. I think it's amazing. So keep trudging along. And I think um, there's a lot of satisfaction in that, definitely. And really meeting, I think it opens up your mind um, if it, when you meet other people from different cultures. And UF is pretty cultural. There's lots of people from different places. It's very diverse. So I think that really helps, but uh, it's it's easy to get stuck and and be around people that look like you, that believe like you, that act like you. But I think your life is so much more rich. I have friends from all over the world, and I think that makes my life much more um, exciting. And um, yeah. So anyway, thank you, Rima. I appreciate you. Of course, and I definitely agree. You know, having having those groups of people that are different than you just teach you so much and you can just appreciate each other's cultures. And that's mm -hmm. awesome. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Okay. You're welcome. Hello, everyone. I wanted to thank you again for listening to season three, episode two of Redefining Refugee. 
I hope Dr. Cashin's story has inspired you. She was an amazing guest that is very knowledgeable and is always willing to help in any way that she can. Also, I wanted to thank you all, our members of Germer, for making all that we do possible and for always supporting our organization. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your friends and family or on Instagram and tag us at grmruf. I hope to speak to you all very soon.